this is Jessica Veldstra and Denise Thompson, and we are here um, with our podcast, Ethical Quandaries, where we have a lot of questions, but not many answers, and we're judging you anyway. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about short-term missions, and that's a pretty common thing uh, to do when you're especially a teen or a young adult um, in the evangelical culture, uh, which um, we both grew up in. Um, I was <laughs> more steeped in the culture of the evangelical church than Denise was. Can you talk to me about a little, little well, bit about yours? Well, I mean, yours? I wasn't steeped in the culture because I refused to acknowledge the culture as a child. <laughs> that was my problem, is I was in it. It was all around me, but did I ever really participate in it no I knew it was there I could speak the uh what we call Christianese I knew what people were saying I kind of knew what you know the singers were and what was popular in church but I went to such a small congregation that I think there was at the you know at the biggest five kids in my youth group and they all went to high school with me also and so I had this big um out outer influence my parents always taught us to think for ourselves always um, made us question in church whereas I think some of my other friends didn't necessarily do that and so when it came to things like short-term missions I um, had a different experience than I think you did Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I mean like for sure I mean uh, growing up I went to a tiny Christian school, which was in the um, church that I was raised in. Um, All the after-school activities were also in that church, so I uh, spent more waking hours in the church building than I actually did at home um, easily. And uh, and so I I had an experience uh, with short-term missions when I was uh, 16. Um, It was kind of a rite of passage, actually. Um, uh, Every year... um, four teens would go to uh, the Philippines to work with a mission there that helped people who are blind um, and uh, we would raise money for it through like spaghetti feeds and it's the ultimate spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti feed that's feed. the money maker <laughs> it's, it's where you make the money yes for sure um, and, uh, and we you know did like work and concession stands and all of that and um, never I never even questioned whether um, I should go or not I was really nervous about going because I felt like if I went I might be called to be a missionary oh is there anything more <laughs> terrifying as a child no. sitting in church and thinking oh dear God, please do not call me into missions because I just heard this missionary talk about what he does with a bucket and it's not what I do with a bucket. And I don't want to go, please. And then just praying all night long. And then, of course, I forget about it the next day because I didn't immerse myself in the evangelical culture. Oh, it's so true. That's all I, I was so terrified. That was the one thing that terrified me, not about going to a developing country or like experiencing travel, being away from my parents. It was that, oh no, what if I get called to be a missionary? <laughs> um, but 
but I wasn't. Um, instead, I have the really relaxing and completely glamorous job now of child protection. Um, so that was that's totally cool. Um, but uh, but, but yeah. at least you use a bucket for what we all use <laughs> yes, buckets for in the U.S. Generally, <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, I never even thought about um, you know the ethics of a short-term mission. Um, and I think for me, first the first thing that brought up the ethics was. Um, probably Jamie Wright, who blogs under the um, Jamie the Very Worst Missionary, she was talking actually about her long-term missions and how she it wasn't what she was expecting. Did you read any of that? Um, um, yeah, I did. I read some of her her posts. Her, I think it was her blog posts. Or You can tell that I pay attention really closely, whether or not I'm watching a video or reading a blog post. I'm pretty sure it was a blog post that I read by Jamie, and it was talking about, you know, her experiences with short-term missions as a missionary and when the mission trips would come in and, you know, help the mission that she was working for and kind of her thoughts on it, and it, it like, completely opened my eyes. And I just started then thinking a little bit differently about it. And um, I had always had some issues with short-term missions just because I had never gone on one and I had always thought it was kind of a waste of money. But that was, you know, I thought possibly that's me (laughs) just um, thinking about the fact that I didn't get to go, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid or that I didn't really want to, but, you know, so-and-so is always asking my parents for money, but their parents make a heck of a lot more than my parents. You know, and me, you know, I was cooking the spaghetti. I was boiling the water for the spaghetti feeds, but I wasn't going on the trips. And so I always felt like it was a big, a kind of a waste. Um, uh, But I didn't really think about the economic impact Mm -hmm. on the communities until I read some of Jamie's stuff. Mm -hmm. So... And what uh, Jamie kind of brought to light in in one one instance was, um, like, often uh, youth groups will be sent down to build a church or build a school. And what you have there is a bunch of inexperienced teenagers um, who are building um, in a country that has experienced builders and whose economy is probably in desperate need of um, money, um, so you could hire a building crew there, pour in money into their economy, or ha- and do it right, or have a bunch of inexperienced teenagers uh, get a lot of money together from their families, um, send all of them down. Um, economically, it doesn't make any sense, and they're well, not going to be going to do as good a job. Hmm. You're going to get a bunch of pictures with some mm-hmm. underprivileged kids to send home to your families to show what a great job you did while you were there. But I mean, as far as accomplishing anything <laughs> worthwhile, you might paint a room that's doesn't need painted or, you know, build a wall when there's actually a carpenter that goes to the church mm-hmm. that you could have spent the money and invested it in him as a person. And there's also comments um, I've seen and about that, like, get a lot of pictures with kids. Is, is that exploiting poverty and suffering, saying, you know, oh, look at me, I am a good person because I'm hanging out with all these underprivileged youth or underprivileged children. Um, is that an exploitation of their humanity? Um, and then the other thing is, um, with missions I've seen, um, uh, is somewhat like pressure tactics um, for fundraising. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Like, 
if you don't give now, these people will not hear the gospel and they will die and burn in hell. <laughs> yes, I have seen those. I hate those. Those are like, my, I'm like, nope. Present a cause to me. Present what you're doing. And that's great. But don't, you know, do this pressure hard sell. I feel like it's, it's a hard sell, which is a, a tactic that is used in advertising. And we don't need it um, to be using it in mission fundraising. I feel like a lot of the trips are only, the, the point of them is for the suburban kids. That was the next point I was okay. actually going to bring up. I was going to say... I've, I've noticed that a lot of parents, I mean, on Facebook, we're the age where some people are getting, you know, their teenagers are going, some of our friends, and I noticed that some of the people who their kids have been going on these or they're going on them, what they come back with is, you know, oh, how much I learned, how much my kid realizes now, what a wonderful place they live in, and it's all, like, to show, I mean, and while that's great and while mm-hmm. that's awesome to, like, be appreciative of where you're born, which mm-hmm. you have no control over, mm-hmm. um, and to be thankful that you've got... Um, more opportunity than someone else born in the other parts of the world. I mean, you also have to look at it as, you know, what was the point of going? So what exactly are you trying to accomplish by by just making it about your child or about your learning experience? And um, how is that actually helping the people that you say you want to help? So, yeah. Um, I think that there is great benefit in traveling and seeing the world and that is super important and in fact we did fundraisers for um senior trip where we were like this is a fundraiser to go and see the world that's i mean like that's what we're doing it's not a mission trip and we raised money the same way it was just more honest i think is is and people knew what they were giving to um and it was also um eye-opening for us but it wasn't like we were saying oh we're so good such good people we were like we're going on a fun senior vacation it's gonna be awesome um and yeah there's definitely benefit to traveling the world but um under the auspices of I'm so holy and I'm you know doing these poor people such a favor um it it doesn't have to happen and you had an experience recently I think that people don't even think about it no, um, I run a small store, and I have customers from all walks of life, and so I had these two ladies who were absolutely delightful came into my store and were talking about their mission trip that they were going on to Nicaragua. Um, I have some personal experience with Nicaragua. I have family members that are from Nicaragua, and my parents owned property in Nicaragua, actually just sold it last year. So um, we've had connections in that country since the late 90s. So I have some insight and I ask where they were going. Um, Interestingly enough, they had said that they had almost raised all of their money. They could not tell me the name of the town that they were going to. They told me that they had had packed up a lot of kitchen supplies, a lot of Bibles, um, a lot of other household items. And I said, you know, I hope you're saving some money to go um, spend it in Nicaragua because, first of all, they do sell Bibles in Nicaragua. They do sell kitchen supplies. Plus, you're also going to be dealing with, depending on where you're going, you're going to be dealing with someone who has a kitchen that may not need certain items that you're bringing or even be capable of 
dealing with those items. Right. I mean, you can be talking with people who live with dirt floors, <clears throat> chickens running around their house, or you can talk with someone who has a fully functional kitchen, just like we would have in, in the United States. So I said, depending on where you're going, you you know, what you do is you can go there and assess the situation and then see what is needed from there and pump money into their local economy. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you buy something, I mean, this... So this brings me back to why I stopped giving to... Uh, Samaritan's Purse, mm -hmm. Operation Christmas Child. I read some articles, and um, they they just wanted to point out different things, like when you send a box of toys over to children, as wonderful as that is, and it's so great to open the doors that way, um, why are we spending so much money to ship the toys mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. to a country? Why are we not taking that money and putting it into a local toy shop. Um, or even, you know, in the market there might be only one toy, toy stall, mm -hmm. but when you flood that small town full of those toys, who's, you know, he might be getting some toy sales, but then you've taken his toy sales yeah. to almost nothing. And then you almost put the local economy out of business. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, so then there's a family that's hurting because of that. And that at all is not the intention. But I just decided that I was going to go a different route. And so I didn't do that. And that kind of goes back to the women that I was speaking to about their mission trip. I said, you know, in their town, there might be a stall at the market that sells kitchen supplies. And when you buy all their kitchen supplies for them from the United States and then bring them into the country, that is helpful for the people that need the kitchen supplies. But it is not helpful for the person who sells the kitchen supplies. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and people think that they can't buy those items there, but um, most items, they can be bought locally or, or close to locally. So one thing about short-term missions that, um, but it's an estimated 1.5 million Americans go on short-term missions every year. That's wow. from the United States, <laughs> 1.5 million people. So, and they spend an estimated $2 billion on these trips. So, to me, I think, could that money be used for something <laughs> else? Okay, so Wikipedia says that a mission trip is a short-term mission, is the mobilization of a Christian missionary for a short period of time, ranging from days to a year. Many short-term missions are called mission trips. Um... But doesn't really talk about, like, what missions is supposed to be about. Um, what do you think about See, when you try to define missions? When I was younger, I probably would have defined missions as, like, evangelizing, um, spreading the gospel, preaching to people, um, and then, like, maybe doing some, like, work, um, like... Uh, you know, building things or, um, is that what you did on your mission trip? No, um, actually on my mission trip, um, it, the first week we spent with the, the mission family and kind of learned about the culture. So basically it was kind of like a vacation, um, or a trip. Um, I, we went around and, and learned, um, all about the culture and, um, and the people, and we also learned because it was a it was a um, trip for the um, to minister to blind children, um, how to um, lead a blind person and how to like place things on their 
plate for uh, their food and how to like talk them through that kind of thing, which is awesome. I mean, it's a definitely a skill and it's a universal um, language that you you use with. Um, um, and it was good that they weren't that, just throwing yeah. you in there, <laughs> and which is which is excellent. Um, but um, and then the second week we um, were at a camp, a, a lovely resort. Um, and it was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, and we helped, um, uh, blind children get from point A to point B, taught them swimming, which believe me was an adventure because I'm not good at swimming. Also teaching blind, like six blind children how to swim when you're not good at swimming and also don't really speak their language. I, I almost drowned. Say. They were all holding on to me and I almost drowned. <laughs> but, um, the... You know, could that have been done by some local teens in a local church? They wouldn't have to learn the language. Um, they would have already been familiar with the culture. Um, probably a little bit better. <laughs> um, and they would have had a great experience at this lovely resort that we were at. So what do you think of missions now? Um, now like, what's the definition now, to you, what you would think that would be the ideal definition of missions? The ideal definition, like, what I like to put my money toward, um, is, is local ministries, um, and local, I mean, United States. So my money goes toward people, like, feeding local families, providing local families, um, basic needs. And then, uh, more globally, I give my support to people like, uh, preemptive love, which they go into war areas like um, Iraq and Syria and help. They do immediate um, mission stuff, so sort of like giving water and food, but they buy it locally, which I think is really important. They buy that locally. They, they use um, they help um, use um, local um, people to, to distribute. They, they do have some outside um, people come in um, to help organize, but then they try to basically work themselves out of a job and also provide um, refugees with um, job skills um, so that they don't have to be dependent on the handouts, that they have pride and they can work themselves um, and provide for their own families and so they're not in the same situation. So that's that's what I think of missions now. Um, I think of it less in the evangelizing um, way, but that's just probably how I view the, the world <laughs> now, and uh, more in um, uh, just helping people give them a hand up and give them skills that they need to provide for their families. That's, that's what I think of missions now. So through all of those actions, then they see Christ mm-hmm. in, in you, and yeah, I, I agree with you. And I don't feel like, like a lot of people think that they need to put Jesus, like, well, <laughs> water given to you by Jesus and, like, a sticker on it. I think that people seeing goodness, if they see goodness in other people, well, I mean, they're going to be uh, turned toward God. I, I mean, was told growing up that mm-hmm. they will, you know, you will be recognized by your fruits, basically. Mm-hmm. And that was actually something that I was told, whereas was that then followed through with the way that people acted not necessarily Mm -hmm. you know it was people will see the good in you and wonder where it came from Mm -hmm. and wonder why you are that way and then when they ask you you will have a chance to tell them about why you are that way and why you can show um a different side than the rest of the world can right that's how I was told uh I think 
that's not necessarily the actions <laughs> that the, the church showed me growing up. Um, there was a really, I think, I mean, I hope he doesn't mind that we bring him up, but your brother, <laughs> when we were in the car in Bali, uh, our driver was a Hindu man mm-hmm. who we loved, absolutely loved, and he wanted to tell us all about being Hindu, all about his country, all about his religion, and it was fascinating, yeah. just absolutely amazingly fascinating, and he was so proud of where he had come from, mm-hmm. and I think your brother mentioned that it was the first time he had been in that situation and not felt like the entire car was waiting for him to tell the man that he was wrong and that <laughs> Jesus Christ was the way, the only way. So he, you know, he felt more relaxed to show this man love and mm-hmm. we really, really love him mm-hmm. to the point where if we go back to Bali, we're hiring mm-hmm. him again. Like, even if he's not a driver, we're <laughs> going to show up at this guy's house because he was amazing. But yeah. I think we were able to show him, you know, a different side of Americans. And, mm-hmm. and a, yeah, hopefully a different side of Christianity, too, because it was interesting because uh, in seeing things through his perspective, um, listening to him instead of really trying to, like, oh, where's my you know, word in edgewise that I can, like say this and that about uh, Christianity, just listening to him and being fascinated with him, uh, I got a huge different perspective on Christianity because as he was talking about, you know, Hindus do all this um, this work with their religion and they practice it like all the time. They have all these celebrations and calendars, all, are, full. calendars are full. <laughs> and he says, and um, Muslims, they pray five times a day and Christians, they just go to church once and then they're done. <laughs> and I think yeah, they go pretty, just, they just, go just to church one. once a week. Once a week. Yeah. Once a week. And, and, and then he laughed and said, and some just Christmas and Easter. Yeah. So he kind of thought it was a lazy man's religion. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I had never thought of it that mm-hmm. way. But yeah, probably looks that way too. <laughs> to Other a devout people. Hindu, Hindu man yeah. who is celebrating every festival that you <laughs> possibly have on your on your calendar on a lighter note um have you seen the facebook post of uh the guy who is pretending to bring a youth group mission on a or you yes he's my favorite (laughs) we'll link to it in the show notes but it's basically this guy who's talking about all the ridiculousness that goes into escorting teens um, for mission trips and how they can't help, you know, the lady with her luggage at the airport because they're too busy, um, you know, going to spread the gospel and um, how they all need to wear matching uh, bright orange t-shirts and and all of that. And it's pretty funny. So if you get a chance, check that out. Um, So do you have any other thoughts about um, short-term missions or have we judged the heck out of them? No, I think just it comes down to thinking about what you're doing, thinking about your short-term mission, what mm-hmm. what's really behind it. Where's what's your motivation? Is it yeah. your motivation just to see the world and get a bunch of pictures with children, or is your um, and and who is better to do the job? Um, that's a that's another thing. Is is that you know missions are important, but a lot of times um, people don't think about training local people or asking local people if they are trained. Um, I also think there's there's something to be said about the fact that we seem to think that we are the saviors of uh the world, that we need to be the ones that are going in and 
sharing, you know, this and that when there are, you know, obviously more qualified people out there in yep. some cases, we just need to step back, check our, for lack of a better word, check our pride mm-hmm. and our American exceptionalism. <laughs> yes, exactly. We just need to check that mm-hmm. and, and look closer at yeah. why we're doing something. Absolutely. Um, so I feel like I've judged that quite <laughs> We're really good at that. So um, every week we'll be presenting um, an ethical company, um, a product that um, uh, we've judged that is very ethical um, and we enjoy. And this week uh, we're uh, presenting Sudara pajamas and they are some of my very favorite products. Um, I own three. I probably will own more. Um, every time they're like all in the laundry, I'm very sad because I can't wear them around the house. They are super cozy. Why? Most of them are wide legs. You can get the ones with elastic um, ankles, um, something you like. But they're gorgeous prints. Um, so each print is named after a woman that the company works with in India. What the company does is they keep women out either high risk or coming out of sex trafficking. So if you're high risk, they give you a job, they give you placement, they give you fair wage, which is really awesome in India, especially for women right Mm -hmm. now. And a lot of companies are picking up on this, but what I like about uh, Sudara is that they now sell wholesale. So you can pick this up in shops all over the country you just don't you don't have to just go to their website mm-hmm. but we're going to link their website yeah. in the comments so you can all yeah you can buy it locally here um at susan's bath and body boutique um and you can check your local places because it's also important and we'll talk about this on another show i'm sure um to support your local economy um and they just started making active wear awesome yeah i'm super super exciting (laughs) it's super great i really love sudara and they're called punjamis yes and and they're they're awesome and and one of the things that um they do is uh they teach uh they teach the women a skill that they can transfer through to another um agency so you they don't have to like stay at sudara they can then move on to um different jobs and have a profitable way to um support their family which is amazing um so thank you for joining us thank you again this is ethical quandaries where we have a lot of questions and (laughs) And not a lot of answers but we're judging you anyways (laughs) technical support and photography by tip kingsley consultation by mid tokor production music by epidemicsound.com Editing by me, Jessica Veldstra. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.